everybody to rockin all week with you season seven episode two we are now in what are we in we're in september of 1979 and today we're talking two episodes chachi sells his soul and fonzie meets cat chachi sells his soul written by walter kempley september 18th 1979 fonzie meets cat written by dave ketchum and tony demarco september 25th 1979 and we will be diving into Chachi Sells His Soul first. And the premise of this one is that there's going to be a big fraternity party where characters dress like um, people who would appear in uh, Dante's Inferno. And uh, Richie's going as the devil. Ralph is going as a dentist. And Potsy's going as Bluebeard with a blue beard. <laughs> and Chachi wants to go, but they won't let him. They say he's, um, he's not old enough. He's still a little kid. Although, um, I guess if he's, uh, I, guess, I guess the guys are what? They're probably like juniors and now in high, college. And I think um, Richie is, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Chachi is meant to be um, junior or senior, I guess, in high school. Uh, they still treat him like a little kid. He doesn't like it. And he gets a cup of espresso, wishes he, because um, the devil was there, he wishes that he, uh, he could be, um, he'd sell his soul to be popular and this, that, and the other. Suddenly a guy named Melvin Scratch shows up and Chachi sells his soul and everybody loves Chachi and Chachi can't handle it so the Fonz calls out Melvin Scratch to try to reverse the deal Melvin says you can't have a woman's lips touch you it's not specified where for 24 hours uh, the Fonz is called out and um, all sorts of Cleopatra appears, Matahari appears and um, troubles, trouble, troubles but then a young angel named Random shows up saves the day and then we get another little twist to Rooney right at the ending and, and it's, it's basically Chachi's going to sell his soul and the Fonz in order to try to get the soul back won't uh, be kissed by a woman for 24 hours. Can he do it or not? Listen to a little bit of this. I'll be on the other side. It was the blackest night There was no moon in sight You know the stars ain't shining Cause the sky's too tight I heard the scary wind I seen some ugly trees There was a werewolf walking along the side of me I'm reading on bed As far as the episode goes, it's fun. It has its charms. They do sort of one of those weird things where they, um, again, and I've mentioned this many times, it's the Vera started smoking thing where suddenly everyone treats, you know, Ch- Chachi, prior to this episode, Chachi, well, hadn't been in the show much, uh, but he was kind of a wheeling, dealing, older than his years, you know, helping his mom run the, the uh, apartment building they have out there, pulling his little schemes, picking up gals. And now all of a sudden when he mentions wanting to go to a, a college party, no, you're too young. No, you're too young. You're too... And, of course, that kind of comes out of nowhere, and it, it goes nowhere, and it's there solely for the purpose of the um, advancing the plot. And I think the thing... I can't help thinking at the end of the day that we're so we're so sort of deep into the show right now. I mean, what are we, um, uh, like 140, 141 episodes into the show, counting the, the hour-long episodes as, as one rather than two. So we're around in the vicinity of like 141 episodes into the show, and sort of that um, 
I don't know. I, I, I know this was something they did a lot back in the day then. And, and maybe, no, they never really could sit. I mean, whatever they used to meet. Like, Chachi's the guy who, you know, Ralph and Patsy still live in that apartment in Chachi and Chachi mom, Chachi's mom's uh, building there. You know, he's the one who comes and gets the rent. He's the one who comes and gets them stuff. And now suddenly he's, he's I mean, they could have been saying it just because they didn't want him to show up and, you know, show up any of them. Um, uh, uh, but still, um, was Lady Godiva so bad that she would have gone to hell? I don't know the full story behind Lady Godiva because Mary Beth, uh, Laura Beth, sorry, comes in dressed as Lady Godiva. I need to look that story up. I'll, I'll give it to you later on. Just seems a little, seems a little, I mean, she, she seems to be dressing up like that just so she can act like she's got nothing on but body lotion under her, um, her, I'm sure it was fun, under her coat with her long blonde wig on. Anyway, sorry, that was a little aside there. Um, yeah, so, so I, the, the problem is, of course, is that I don't buy that. Second, um, there's something, there's a weird moment where he has the cup of espresso. What do they think espresso did to people back then? Because uh, at the end of it, when it turns out that it was pretty much a dream, or Al says, uh, uh, we couldn't handle his, uh, espresso. Does espresso do that? I've had espresso. It doesn't put you immediately to sleep, does it? I don't know. And actually, actually, my favorite part about this isn't the um, kind of, I think, dumb setup of you're 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 a little kid you can't do this which i find stupid i um i think it's the um when chachi wants to have a cappuccino oh you're too young P possibly in 1979 you know that might have been i mean does that really it's i mean here's the thing like 1979 i was you know still in my single digits and um and yeah coffee would have been too much for me i would imagine but chachi's what 16 close to 17 so let's say 16 17 he can't have a cup of coffee i don't understand i mean i don't understand the way it worked with coffee back then i mean now because everyone drinks coffee four or five year olds drink coffee you know have a cup of coffee to start off their day everyone drinks coffee but that 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 it's it's funny out of all the things you could call out in shows for being dated and stuff that that really strikes me as a big moment the uh the odd you you can't drink coffee moment anyways um so yeah the episode in this devil guy shows up and um Boy, the devil guy is doing his best to be Robin Williams. Beelzebub, Beelzebub, even doing the little noises and things like Robin Williams did. Unfortunately, um, the guy is trying his hardest, and he has a couple of humorous moments. But in general, um, you just watch him and you think, uh, he's trying to rip off Robin Williams, and it's not working. And it's, uh, but the crowd, it's funny how, like, watch that first scene he's in. Like, everything he does, the crowd is in hysterics. Or the laugh track's in hysterics. Because he doesn't actually do much that is all that funny. And I do like that, that Chachi seems to really have a thing for redheads. And yet he really has a thing for Joni. And Joni's not a redhead. Um, I suppose she could dye her hair. But yeah, he shows up and sells the soul. And then we get this sort of scene where he goes to the Cunningham house and they all love him and it, it's overwhelming and everything. And um, again, it's it's sort of a... It's, it's, it's an amusing scene, but it's all... Um, I guess in the end, the fact that it was a dream kind of explain. Well, well, the, the dream doesn't explain the... Uh, You're just a kid crap. But the dream... Um, uh, being a dream in the end explains sort of the... Um, the overdoing it that happens a lot in this episode with the, the family overdoing it and then the fonts oh i'm so sorry chachi i'm in your office i got some lipstick on my thing with the ho and the he and the ha um and then the uh the the fun scene with uh you know cleopatra matahari and whoever else was in the in you know arnold's there trying to um trying to kiss fonzie uh that's that's fun it's i don't know that it's um I don't know that's great, but it's fun. It's it's fun to watch. It's a, it's amusing. I mean, again, 
if you're the kind of person who thinks that the show jumped the shark two seasons ago, then this is going to be even deeper into that because it is it is very silly and again you you, you know it's a fun silly but also it's like um it borders on dumb unfortunately at sometimes and then random shows up we're going to talk about random uh more in a moment then random shows up and he's only there for a couple minutes and he kind of saves the day uh gets the gals out of there and and probably the funniest moment in there is when these beautiful women suddenly turn into um you know, Al, Ralph, and Potsy and drag. That's a funny moment. And then, and then of course, Random saying he's going to disappear and he shoots out a puff of smoke and then doesn't disappear. That's that's a funny moment too. Uh, and I do like I do like the closing moment where he's like he he won't tell everyone they won't tell everyone what's going on. Uh, with and with like thirty seconds left, Mister, Mrs. C, and Joni come back, and um, you know, oh, the Fonz has the flu, but it's oh, it's it's twenty four hour flu. The twenty four hours are up in fifteen seconds. You know, and they're doing the countdown nine eight seven and mrs c leans in with like four seconds left oh you'll you'll feel better soon Fonz. she gives him a kiss on the top of his head that's a nice little moment i actually i didn't see that i did not see that coming now not well i don't know that you could still see that coming if you, even if you have um encountered it before because you don't you don't expect that you expect like um you expect that something's going to happen but i didn't expect that so that's a nice moment i do uh, i do like that little little zing of a of a moment there but then um uh, but then they they do that tricky thing where um he comes to claim the soul but the power of their love um power of love's a curious thing as mr huey lewis once sang and um yeah the power of love uh, actually gets um melvin to go away which is kind of interesting because um and the, and the font seems to know this which is kind of like you wonder like you wonder why he went through all of that if he could just sort of um bring all the people who love him and the Mr. Mrs. C and everyone together and that power would keep the devil away. I don't know. Anyway, uh, is it a good episode? It's fine. It's it's fine. It's got its charms. It's It's got some laughs. Uh, it also has that thing that the show had a lot of last year, which is feeling that everyone's everyone's a bit too settled in and everyone's a bit too... It's, it's getting a bit too silly. I mean, here's the thing. Like, you know, um, let's, let's go to one of my favorites, Green Acres. You know, when Green Acres started, for the first two-thirds of season one, it wasn't the sort of surreal thing that it becomes in um, its later seasons. It was more of a straightforward sitcom. And then as, as season one went along, it got weirder. And then in season two, it just became this wonderful, weird thing that always had the had the base of, of Lisa and Oliver in it. No matter how weird the episodes got, um, those two, their their relationship together was always sort of at the foundation of everything that was going on, which was cool beans. Um, so the show could get really silly, and that would always be there. The tricky thing now with, of course, is Happy Days, is Happy Days started off very, in quotes, real, nostalgia real, and now it's just being silly all over the place is now being just completely silly and there's no basis in the silliness anymore the Fonz walks in there's a cheer Richie walks in in the devil's outfit there's a cheer uh the Cunninghams walk in there's a cheer there's big laughter at everything they say and everything they do even if it's not that great and and then this this random angel guy shows up and and he people seem to love him too and then it's it it really is unfortunately like like much of season six, it really is is the feeling like while it is charming and it is fun to watch, no one's really trying, and they don't really have to. I th- I think we're still at the point here where I I think maybe when they were making this, the show had probably hadn't started up yet. I don't know what actually the order of everything here is, but um, 
but maybe the show hadn't started up yet and they hadn't seen that the ratings had dropped so they're still playing you know like we're on top of the world and we don't really have to try and that's sort of the feeling you get in this episode they're just kind of goofing and and actually i'm gonna i'm gonna go to a minute uh my, my real reason why it was like uh we didn't really have to try and that would be with because of the character random random had his own sitcom which um according to what i've read they made i don't know how many they made how many they make like 12 or 12 13 episodes like 12 episodes they only aired eight and it was a sitcom that began uh, about a week and a half before this episode aired uh it was airing on sundays against like wonderful world of disney in 60 minutes so as you could imagine it got canceled pretty quickly um but it, it premiered september 9th its second episode was september 16th this episode aired was a september 18th and so this is two episodes into out of the blues run it's created by it's done by the same company that did happy days the same created by the same bunch of people who are working on happy days and such so you get you get all of that like Mork and Mindy, though, it is set in, in modern day, where a random plays a, an angel who has to help out a family or some people or some who cares, something or other on Earth for a few years. And the first, this is interesting because the first episode is actually has a cameo appearance or appearance of Mork. From Mork, Mr. Robin Williams appears in it. And that's funny because this episode has this guy pretending to be Robin Williams and not quite succeeding. He's doing his best, but he's really not, um, really not succeeding. And so, so, and, and the thing that's been debated for ages is that, um, you know, Laverne and Shirley first appeared in Happy Days. Mork and Mindy first appeared in Happy Days. So at this point, Laverne and Shirley, unfortunately, is dropping in the ratings. Mork and Mindy is also dropping in the ratings. Um, but they were still at their popularity. I mean, Laverne and Shirley was absolutely huge. Mork and Mindy, for at least that first season, was huge. So, so having Happy Days do your, your set up your spinoff, uh, was awesome. Now, um, the interesting thing here, though, is that um, people have people the argue the people are people have been arguing, and this is actually an argument that goes on or used to go on, or maybe it still goes on. I haven't really paid attention whether or not this episode is a um, sort of backdoor pilot setup for Out of the Blue that simply got aired on in the wrong order, or um, whether it's crossover for out of out of the blue and there are some who say that it is meant to be a um uh setup for the show i don't i wouldn't call it a full-on backdoor pilot because the um the devil character has a lot of randoms only in it for like three minutes so he he kind of shows up saves the day and then he's gone gets a couple of laughs acts a little silly you know acts mork like uh, and then goes uh and so so some for some people the theory is that this episode was done and that this episode should have aired maybe first, like two weeks prior to kind of like, so people could see the character and then be sold on, hey, if you want to see more of Random, tune in on Sunday for the new show Out of the Blue. And there are others who say um, that that was never planned with the scheduling and that uh, having Random appear here was just to kind of like sell people on Out of the Blue. Maybe because they knew they'd be in a tough time slot, maybe because it was produced by the same people so they could do this. Maybe it was just like, hey, we've got this other show on, check it out on Sundays kind of thing. While I would love for this to be uh, the potential potential creation of Backdoor Pilot for or, or lead into the pilot for Out of the Blue... When I watch it, it seems more like um, a spin-off episode it's, it, than, than it does a sort of initial kind of pilot type of thing. 
Yeah, while I can I can sympathize with people who say it's a spinoff, I I and and actually it would make more sense to make it a spinoff because then I mean look at freaking Blansky's Beauties for example having a and yeah I mean that's there's a good example right there let's let's not say that this kind of random appearance thing isn't something that Happy Days did because they did this with Blansky's Beauties when they had Nancy Walker appear at the end of a random episode for like three or four minutes to kind of sell that she's got this new show coming out and so that's exactly could have been what was happening here and this episode was supposed to air a couple of weeks before but then of course the problem comes down to like scheduling and stuff because the out of the blue and, and Happy Days premiered in the same week and out of the blue premiering on sunday and 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 happy days premiering on tuesday means obviously that how the blue would come first i don't know i mean i'd like to say that maybe they thought um they were going to premiere on september 4th and they do um chachi sells his soul then when they couldn't um they decided to but but that doesn't make sense you'd lead up you wouldn't lead off with an episode that's that's a potential spinoff for a new sitcom, you'd lead off with an episode that that linked to another huge hit like yourself, just to kind of remind people of when that show was on. So the first episode must have always been Shotgun Wedding Part One, and see that's the thing to me is like at at some point like these these are these are like set in stone. So so it, it you know to to sort of say well no scheduling wise, uh, Charlie Sales' Soul was supposed to air before the first episode of Out of the Blue. Well, Out of the Blue is is on September 9th, so that means Charlie Sales' Soul was meant to air before September 9th, but then the season began on September 11th. So how was that going to happen? And was Out of the Blue meant to? I mean, it could be a scheduling thing. I don't know. The fact that Random is in the episode so little. He shows up literally. He shows up at the end of that scene where Fonzie's being tempted by Matahari, etc., etc., and he's there for. I didn't even time it, but he's there for three minutes, maybe four, possibly less than that. The devil character is in it much more. So Random shows up, does some stuff, and is gone. And to me, that's not setting up a potential spinoff. That's saying to me, that's saying, hey. We got this character there on another show. If you like him here, you might like him there. Give it a try. It doesn't feel like a spinoff to me. What it feels like is a spinoff for the um, the Scratch character, Melvin Scratch there, the devil guy. That's what it feels like a spinoff for. In fact, I went and had a look at Out of the Blue to see if that was a regular character. And from what I could see, it wasn't a regular character. He just appeared on this episode. And... Um, so that's that's what it seems like to me. It seems like a spinoff of the Melvin Scratch show. We would go around trying to claim souls, and then um, maybe randomly this random guy would show up. But it's actually a show about random. And when you watch the episode, he's in it so little, and he he's just like, it's almost like when he appears, it's like I guess I expected an angel to appear. Um, and 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 when you read that he's in it, if you know who he is, you expect him to do more, and he doesn't do more. In fact, he doesn't do much. So I stand by. Um, uh, I stand by that this is spinoff crossover. I kept saying spinoff. I'm sorry. A spinoff would be what they did with Mark and Mindy. What they did with Laverne and Shirley. A crossover is um, what they did last week with Shotgun Wedding. I'm sorry, I got my terminology goof there. Um, but but this is a crossover. I firmly believe this is a crossover because when Random shows up, it isn't like, hey, Random, this guy's awesome or something like that. He just shows up for a few minutes and then he's gone. And he plays it such... He, it's, he's so so much, he's so low-key compared to the um, the Melvin Scratch character that, um, I, I mean, I think he would have come away barely remembering the Random character, remembering the, the Melvin character more. So, so I think crossover rather than spinoff, that's where my foot comes down. Is this a good episode? 
eh, it's fine. Starts off like it's going to be about Chachi, but then it really becomes about Fonzie and kind of forgets about Chachi for a while, and then it has an ending that doesn't quite match up with everything else that's going on. Yeah, as a as a crossover without a blue, it's a great episode. As a Happy Days episode, it's fine. So let's go on to the next one. Uh, Fonzie meets Cat. Um, uh, Fonzie uh, has to um, take part in a bar fight. But he's decided not to uh, have a woman kiss him for 24 hours. Wait a minute, that was the previous episode. He's decided not to uh, engage in violence for 24 hours. And he meets a woman named Cat Mandu, who does karate. And she's very tall and statuesque. And she may be able to help him out. Listen to this, and I'll be chatting about it on the other side. I sit beside the dark Beneath the mire Cold, grey, dusty day The morning lake Drinks up the sky Kathmandu I'll soon be seeing you And your strange, bewildering time Will hold me down Katmandu, the, uh, the 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 woman in this, the sort of mysterious woman who shows up on the Merchant Marine ship. And I did look up the Merchant uh, merchant Marine, Merchant Seaman stuff. They do travel around Lake Michigan, which is, I presume, the Great Lakes, which is, I'm presuming, where these Merchant Seamen are from, you know, because this is Milwaukee. This is not, you know, a, an oceanic coastal town, because the premise of this is that a bunch of local merchant sea, local bunch of merchant seamen have appeared in town, and they're dancing there, and they're having a good time, and they're hanging out at this Pelican Bar or whatever the heck it is. But of course, you know, Milwaukee's not on an ocean; it's on Lake Michigan, and um, and there, I did look up, like I said, they do travel on the Great Lakes. But the implication is that these are all merchant seamen. This is a this is a sort of a gang of merchant seamen who have traveled the world, and um, but somehow they're all in Milwaukee. I don't I don't fully understand that. That doesn't fully make sense to me. And I guess I mean that, that's meant to be the cat character. She's supposed to be the mysterious. Where's she from? She says she's from where the wind begins, uh, whatever. And she knows you know the kung fu and she's doing Zen stuff and things like that. But. If she's traveling around the Great Lakes, where would she be from? I don't know, but um, it's it's a strange. It's so the actress who plays Kathmandu, who's kind of big, statuesque, and she wears shorts, she got the boots on, and she's doing the karate and stuff like that. Uh, is a is a is a woman named uh, Deborah Pratt. Uh, she did a lot of acting, a lot of stuff. She's also a writer, producer, and um, she's probably best known pop culturally for. Um, uh, being executive producer, sort of head writer, and playing the character of was it Ziggy, on Quantum Leap. Uh, her name is on a whole bunch of episodes of Quantum Leap, and she appears as that character. And she's executive producer. She might have even been showrunner. I forget, but head writer at least. Uh, she was married to Donald Belisario, who created the show. And so that's kind of pop culture, which she's known for best, according to what I see on Wikipedia. A uh, it says this. A spin-off pilot was written for the role of Cat Mandu, but it wasn't picked up and therefore never evolved. Which you know, I don't know that you need to clue the last part of that sentence, but it was never it was never picked up. Why would it have been picked up? You know, Cat Mandu is one of those sorts of characters who just shows up, sort of you know, uh, randomly in a show, and they do something, and then they're gone. And they never. I mean, it's like you know, as far as I could tell, Leather. Did, I mean, I I want to say that Susie Quattro was offered her own show as um, Leather. But she decided not to take it. However, 
Um, you know, like a character like Leather has more more of an impact on the show. Cat kind of appears and it's kind of this vague character and then it's gone and, and they wrote a pilot for her. Why? You realize this is the third episode in a row that's not um it's 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 that's not sort of relying is not one hundred percent completely relying on Happy Days itself and what Happy Days is. I mean the first episode was a spin off, The Vernon Shirley. The second one I'm sorry, the first one was... I did it again. The first one was a crossover with Laverne and Shirley. The second one, I call a crossover with Out of the Blue. And this one was kind of the setup for a spin-off. What? I don't know. I mean, the thing about the cat character is you see her, and she's interesting enough, but she's also... She seems very stereotypical. Like, she's standing there being... You know, she looks exotic, and she's standing there being exotic, doing her zen things and her karate, and her nerve pinch that the Fonz can do and stuff like that. And I thought, yeah, you're, you're sort of overselling it and underselling it. Because when she's on the screen, she's memorable, but when she's off the screen, you completely forget she's there. And then when she shows up again, you're like, oh, the, oh her, she's still in this. Which is... I don't know what the hell they were doing at the beginning of this season that they, they felt like they had to do all this. It's it's weird to me. I mean, the character's fine. The episode is fine. There are some laughs in it. But it's a lot like the previous episode. I mean, what what's the, the, the you know, the, the previous, you know, episode is, um, you know, it's it's the Fonz isn't going to do something for 24 hours and he finds it's very difficult and um, he, he's not going to do it and bad stuff is happening because he's not doing it and then, and then he, you know, the 24 hour, you know, and then, um, well, I mean it's it's a different the way they end but it is sort of, they do sort of have a very similar feeling in that you know, Chachi suddenly is being treated like a little kid for no reason and then sells his soul. In this um, uh, uh, Al's brother, the priest shows up and talks to the Fonz about some guy named Rico Rico's coming back to the Merchant Marines. His last time he was here three years ago, you all got in such a big fight and everything, and it was so terrible. And it's weird because so the the father character that this character who doesn't appear much in the show comes out of nowhere, talks to the Fonz and says Rico's back in town. He's in fact in the parking lot right now. He wants to beat you up. Fonzie, I ask you as a priest, as Father Molinero or Father whatever the hell you know his name is, um, I want you to uh, uh, no violence for 24 hours. And as it's happening, it's like people keep coming in saying, you know, um, you know, Rico's outside. He wants to beat you up, Fonz. And then the moment the priest leaves, you know, Rico comes in and threatens the Fonz and humiliates him. And I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to fight. And then he doesn't fight or anything for the 24 hours, which I guess is great. There's a weird moment where. Fonz is in the bar and everybody's there and you know um, Joni is kind of being held hostage by the bad guys and I think I think they've let Joni go at that point but uh, and then all of a sudden the, the priest and and then Fonzie's about to try to you know stop Rico when all of a sudden the priest shows up and it's like you know more or less like gestures like don't fight Fonz don't fight and walk away and it's sort of like what is the point of it I don't understand what the point I mean the previous episode it was suddenly everyone started treating um, Chachi as if he were a little kid and they'd never really done that at all before that was the point of Chachi is that he was a little kid but they treated him like he was older now that he's taller they're suddenly treating him like he's a little kid but he's clearly not you can't do that you can't go back on that uh, and this is just there's a, clearly a violent guy with a gang who's shown up in town wants to beat up I mean here, here's the thing at the end of the day if you had gone to the priest and said hey um, you know Joni 16 year old Joni she's being held um, hostage in a bar by these three or four guys including Rico Fonzie could save her in five seconds except he's um, 
he's doing he's he's promised you that he wouldn't fight for 24 hours what what should what should Fonzie do the priest would really say well he shouldn't fight what happens to Joni is in God's hands <laughs> bullshit I'm sorry I find I find that I find the premise it's, it's so weird because technically the premise behind the episode is introducing us to Cad which I guess it does but not really she's she's like I said she's also a bit like pretentious and kind of like why would I watch a show with this character, maybe this character showing up once a season might be fun. Like, like you know, Scruggs, Flatten Scruggs showing up like once a season in the Beverly Hillbillies. But making an actual show based on her, how would that work? What would that be? I mean, would she be on like a Merchant Marine ship? Would they have her settle down in like a sitcom apartment building or something? What would that be? It's a strange idea. It never made sense to me, but apparently it was true. So that's the main purpose of the episode. And it seems like, and and so if you subjugate everything else to that, then the rest of it is just you know like. Um, keeping the Fonz from fighting and then having him fight. And there's some funny moments where Potsy sings and gets hung up in the chair and then R- Ralph gets hung up in the chair and there's some funny fighting sequences and he ran into the wall, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And Some funny, funny moments throughout. But the basis of it, that this priest comes to Fonzie and says, there's an extremely violent man and his gang outside forced pacifism on the Fonz literally in the face of someone with fists swinging everywhere I'm I'm all for pacifism I'm all for not going out and starting fights but I'm also for you know if you if you kidnap my sister or you you take you know a loved one hostage eh, I'm gonna fight if I have to fight and it's just kind of it's just kind of stupid to me here that you bring in this priest and he, he, the priest acts stupid. The priest acts contrary to, I mean, since sincerely, I mean, when he's in the bar and the guys there want to fight Fonzie, and I mean, how, how does the priest know he's there? Does the because the priest comes from the direction that Joni just ran out of like a minute ago? Does he see Joni? And Joni says these guys were holding me hostage, and the Fonz is there, but the Fonz can't fight because you. He promised you he wouldn't fight. Does he say yes? And he shouldn't fight because that's better that way. And it's stupid. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, it's funny, like the, it's such a weird episode because there are some funny moments in it and it's pretty entertaining, but the two main points of it, Fonzie not fighting for 24 hours and the introduction of Katmandu are garbage, are their crap. The Katmandu character isn't interesting enough to, I, I don't, the, the way she's presented here, I don't think she's interesting enough to hold a 25 minute episode. Um, she can just, she, she, she holds the minute she's in simply by sort of standing there and being kind of larger than everyone else like taller than everyone else and being somewhat exotic and being somewhat being quite exotic that's how she holds the ground but that's not how you do a show so so the 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 thing about that seems absolutely ridiculous to me and then the premise seems absolutely stupid to me so it's 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 such a weird episode because it makes me laugh and it's it's got a nice it's got a nice pace to it and there's some good moments in it but just the premise the two main premises behind it are so dumb does does that ruin the episode you know it's like one of those it's one of those things like um you know you always ask like if you're watching a columbo episode and you're really loving it then you get to the big ending and it's one of those episodes and a columbo occasionally had these where the ending is sort of a eh kind of ending you know where he like he does like he when generally when he tricks the killers I'm not too fond of that because that means that he didn't succeed in doing what he wanted to do so he has to trick them and occasionally some of the tricking is fun but then occasionally some of the tricking just seems like lazy writing 
And so when you get to the end of one of those episodes you get and, and you get there and you go, boy, that ending wasn't good, does that ruin the rest of the episode if you really enjoyed it? And just the same way here, the basic premise that starts off the episode, these stupid, don't, I don't want you fighting for 24 hours with these guys who are going to walk right in now and threaten you, your friends, your family, and beat the crap out of you, is that's stupid. And then the introduction of this new character who may or may not have a spinoff is poorly done. So so does that ruin the episode? That's sort of where the episode begins. The two basis points, two two foundations of the episode are stoop are are decaying and awful and gonna risk collapse. I don't know. I honestly don't know. The episode's worth watching and as someone who's watching and sort of analyzing it, yeah, I um I think it's I think it's I think we got two kind of dumb episodes in a row here, but also two episodes that definitely have their laughs and lots of fun and everyone's, you know, working hard and doing their thing. Although like I said, there are moments where it feels like kind of like maybe we're not try, we're not trying so hard. Hopefully maybe the drop in the ratings will encourage people to to pick it up a little. But you know, we're we're at, we're at the point where craftsmen-wise, I think they're at the sort of the top of their game. Everyone's doing what they do and they're doing it well. They're just not doing it more than well, that makes us more than good, and um, and just some of it's just doesn't work for me. I'm sorry. I got. I don't really have a lot to say about this episode. There are some laughs in it. It's it's fun to see, but the but the basis of it is, I think, in both respects, e underdone and stupid. Sorry. So let's go. What's next uh, uh, on the show here? Uh, next up is Marion goes to jail. You know, I was gonna funny. I I was gonna funny. What the hell does that mean? Chachi sells his soul. I was thinking about the time Homer uh, got that donut and ended up selling his soul to Satan. That was only about seven, eight minutes long, and that was better than Chachi sells his soul episode. But Marion goes to jail is the next one. We're in October of '79, and I think by now we know that the ratings aren't good. And then we get Richie's job in October, also in October. And apparently, Richie's job was the first episode that um, was made in the season, and actually aired the night. Game 1 of 1979 World Series was meant to air. 1979 World Series is one of my favorites. Um, yeah, Pitts, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, right? Great seasons out on uh, out on DVD. Great season. And that game actually, I think, got snowed out or rained out or something like that. Well, we'll get to that when we get to that. But anyways, Chachi sells his soul. Fonzie meets Cat. I don't give him thumbs down. I give him... Th- I, I, I got to do in the middle. I got to do in the middle because I, th- I think... The mileage may vary on this. You may watch these two episodes and absolutely love them. You may watch this and think, "What the hell happened to this show?" I watch this and can, I, I can see that it's still it's still making me laugh, which is good. But the episodes also kind of annoyed me. I, I find the is out of the blue a spinoff or a crossover concept more interesting than pretty much what happened in these two episodes. So uh, that's the end of this one, everyone. Be good to yourselves. Let me play a little more Happy Days theme, and I'll be back next time with the next two episodes. Happy Days. Happy days.